this is Robin Harford from eatweeds.co.uk and foragingcourses.com. I'm down at a gentleman called Michael Cole, who is the creator of a product called Leafu, which is a 100% vegetable protein, which is quite exciting. Um, Michael, other than what I've said about Leafu, what is it? Leafu is a, a curd... Uh, made from leaves. If you um, juice leaves and uh, take the juice and bring it up to 80 to 90 degrees, you'll get a separation of a green curd and a brown whey. And if you take that green curd and press out all the whey from it, you end up with a uh, sort of cheddar cheese-like texture, right. only it's bright green. And that is, that's fresh leafu. I then um, usually dry it uh, so it goes into a further drying process and I end up with a, um, a, uh, a green powder that is then a, a food ingredient. Okay. It sits beside my stove along with the um, salt and pepper and I add it into most anything that I make. Uh, it's, a, it's a balancer. So it's high protein, yeah. good quality protein. It has an enormous amount of vitamin A, iron and calcium it's very rich in, and uh, a number of other vitamins and minerals, um, E, uh, folic acid, uh, it's got a lot of zinc and magnesium wow. and uh, useful amounts of other. So w what it is, is it's this combination of nutrients that make it such a useful balancing food. So the history of leaf or leaf protein, um, it started in the 1920s, I understand. Yes, in the 1920s, they, um, some scientists worked out uh, that you could extract some protein from leaves. They didn't take it much further than that. Uh, in the 1950s, uh, Professor Piri, working at Rothenstead, which is uh, one of the original government experimental husbandry farms, uh, he decided to take the process on and developed it to the point where it was a, a useful process. So they were looking at the time for alternative sources of protein, and, uh, it being during and, and after the Second World War. And uh, so he, he, in fact, continued to work on, on the process for the rest of his life. Um, and uh, I, I actually have some of, some of his original equipment. Um, wow. Uh, which they which they developed there, and it's um, was there some correlation between a kind of quest almost to discover a, a vegetable protein, and it it seemed, if my knowledge is correct, that it came from like soybeans versus leaf protein. Is there any truth in that? Uh, the food industry decided in the in the nineteen sixties that soybeans were much more. Um, much easier to work with. Uh, produ they produce a, a, re a fairly 
bland and um, uh, easily doctored food material, and uh, which they could do anything with. Livu is green, although you can make a, a, a an off-white substance. It's it's um, which I suspect they will in the due in due course do. Um, uh, unfortunately, in in doing so, you, you you degrade the nutritional qualities, uh, which will be unfortunate if that yeah becomes in due course the human food. Is it seriously food. being looked at as as you know part of the food security pr problem? I don't know. Uh, uh, at the moment, I don't know what is being done in, in scientific circles. Yeah. Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard. The, the, um, there's a factory in France called France Lucerne who have produced Leafy on a, a large scale for many years, but they have, uh, up till now, only sold it as animal feed. Okay. Um, they have been looking at it for a number of years as, as a human food, but to my knowledge, they've yet to actually uh, start selling it as human food. They have been, uh, there has been quite a lot of um, of their product exported to uh, developing countries uh, in a. In a which is done by a charitable offshoot of France Lucerne. Yeah. So what's the connection? Because I first came across um, leaf protein from Martin Crawford yeah. down at Agroforestry. He, he mentioned you when yeah. I was filming him and Frank Cook. And then I did a little bit of research before I came over and, and saw your enterprise out here. And... There seems to be a lot of kind of work going on in Africa with leaf protein. So what's what's what, what's going on there? Do you know anything about that? Well, the, there's been two uh, two charities working. Find, um, Find your feet used to uh, do quite a lot of work in in various uh, African countries and South American countries um, and India, setting up projects um, to produce Lufu in the country so they would send out the equipment and people would make it um, there in the country. The problem always was that we never had very good equipment. Yeah. The equipment always, sooner or later, let people down. Um, and unfortunately that really is still the case. We still don't have a very good um, efficient equipment. Um, what uh, the, the, the other charity has been, uh, as, I, as I was saying earlier, t taking um, France Lucerne leaf code and ex exporting it to various countries in Africa and and using it uh, in um, in various trials, 
in various um, feeding, uh, feeding projects, feeding children, um, uh, mothers, um, mothers to be. Um, um, there's one feeding um, AIDS victims um, with amazing success, I should say. Um, just increasing their their ability to to um, throw off the problems that result from AIDS. And that is that because it's such a it's so good for the the body and the immune system. It's the immune system really yeah. helps. It's lifting the immune system. Wow! It's, it's that. I mean, particularly of course where you've got a, a poor diet. It's it's a it's a balancer. So you know, if you, when you've got a high carbohydrate diet and not a lot else, a little bit of leafy in your diet makes a huge difference. Right. So it's it sounds like it's almost a superfood. To I hate using that <laughs> word because it you know even gets fatty and and cheeky, yeah. but it does seem like, especially with people at the moment who are using a lot of, say, green powders in their smoothies. Mm. Um, and, you know, that that's those superfood powders. It seems that it would be a, a very good add-on for getting in high nutrition in an easily absorbable way for the body. Yeah, I, you know, I, don't, I also don't like the word um, superfood, but uh, to, to my mind it is it's the super... Food of superfoods, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, it's much more. Con yeah, most green powders are not really concentrated. Um, they're they're very useful. Um, if you dry um, barley, for example, barley grass, you get a very useful food. Um, but if you if you first of all e extract the protein-rich curd from it and then dry that, you get something else altogether. Right. So over here, I mean, we're down in Devon, um, and I remember coming down and seeing you with your scythe, scything a particular plant that you make your leafu from, and and I refer to you now on, on the walk, which was that, what was that plant? That, that I guess would have been nettle. Yeah, I refer to you as the nettle farmer. <laughs> Why use nettles in leaf over any other green plant or, or tree leaf? Trees, I have had quite a lot of difficulty with um, finding good tree leaves. They, they don't tend to make a... Uh, a, a, a solid, easily separable curd. Nettles make a, a, a very a good quantity and a good solid curd. Um, so there's that aspect. They're also um, they're deer resistant, rabbit resistant, slug resistant. So that's a big one. I, I can't grow very much without serious protection in this part of the world. Um, yeah, from 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 deer, uh, in particular, and rabbits. Um, so, yeah, nettles are good in that way. Um, they're perennial, so I don't need to cultivate every year. I can get two or three crops 
a year. Um, and do you get do you size them and gather them when they're in flower and seed? Does that make a difference, or do they? Does it need to be the young growth? It's the young. Okay. Once, once a plant moves towards flowering and, and producing seed, the protein is going out of the leaves and into the, the flowering part. Yeah. The leaves are where the protein is made. So, yeah, you want young, lush material. Right. Um, the longer you leave it, the less curd you'll get. Right. And what happens, because I remember when I saw you scything, it was my, you know, the first question was, well, blimey, surely he's picking, he's scything potentially some toxic plants that may go into the mix. Um, is there something in the process of making leafy where toxins are somehow removed? Yeah, toxins? All, I mean, all plants have some toxins, um, and one has to be aware of that whenever you're... Um, whenever you're concentrating plant material, you have to be aware of that potentiality. Uh, fortunately, most toxins are water-soluble. So, as the process involves separating off the liquid, yeah. you're leaving behind uh, most plant toxins. Um, what you can do, so that that means that you need to be um, careful in your processing. You have to press out as much of the whey as possible, um, which isn't, you know, which basically involves you need uh, as good equipment as you can as you can get hold of to yeah. do it. If you do it just by squeezing uh, a, a cloth with curd in it, well, personally, I would advise you make sure you, you start off with plants that you're fairly sure of. Yeah. Nettles are fine in that way. Yeah. But um, if you are using um, something that you weren't so sure of... Lords and ladies or something. Lords, <laughs> Lords and ladies... <laughs> then you'd want to be much more careful. You could do it, but you you probably want to re-wet the, the curd and add an acid and repress. So you would, in fact, be washing the curd. Right. Doing that, you, you could do that even once or twice. Doing that in theory, you could use virtually anything. So an acid being... Like vinegar or lemon vinegar, hydrochloric acid, okay. citric acid, okay. sort of hydrochloric acid. Well, wow. that's what's in your stomach. Yeah, sure. So, so what is is the process from scything to the end the end result? I mean, for you, you've got it on quite a large scale, but for someone who's wanting to experiment in their home, what what, what is the process? Okay, well. You, you get your leaves, your leaf matter. When I say leaves, the whole plant. I mean, uh, depending on the scale you're doing it. If you've only got a very little juicer, then you probably want to pick off individual leaves. Yeah. Leaves are where the most protein stems don't have much protein in them. So, so 
get rid of the stems to start with. Um, wash them, just, just put them through a, a bath of water. Um, I used to use uh, a liquidizer, it's not bad. You want to start with a little bit of water in the bottom and then add, add the leaves uh, and, and make a really good mince. If you, only make, if you only just chop them up, you won't get much protein. Right. You need to really break open the cellular really structure. Yeah. Um, so get a really good mince by whatever means. If you've got a little juicer, that's fine. Um, so in the modern day, we've got things like Nutri-Bullets and Nutri-Ninjas, which are kind of smoothie makers with 900 watts, and they blitz like whole food up till it's virtually like a juice now. Uh, yeah, if, they, if they, that is the important bit, right? by whatever means, you, you have to make a really good mince. Mm. And, and then press the juice out, um, through a, a, a fairly fine cloth or filter. Yeah, so muslin, something like that. Yeah, muslin yeah. would do. Yeah. Yeah. And take the juice, heat it. Heat it as quickly as possible. Um, slow heating has, in some instances, resulted in Theophorbide formation. Theophorbides can result in light sensitivity. Okay. Again, it's a question of, of um, if you're concentrating a food, you, you have to be a little bit aware of this sort of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're only doing it occasionally, well, just stick it in a pan and bring it up to the boil and it'll be fine. Okay. Depends on the quantities that you're doing and yeah. how much you're doing. So up to the, to the boil, not just a gentle rolling boil. Up to the boil okay. means that that um, you're killing all the bacteria. You're making it safe. Yeah. I mean, in in theory, it needs to be. It'll start coagulating around eighty degrees. Okay. Uh, Seventy-eight, I think it is, and then. Um, but I bring it up to to about ninety-five. And yeah, then it's, it's very safe, and it'll. Um, so then, you skim off the curd, and at this point you need a, a, a fine cloth because the curd is is quite fine. So you need something like calico. Okay. Um, maybe jeans. Yeah. If you haven't got anything better. Yeah. But a pair of jeans will do. Uh, it just needs to be a fine cloth, otherwise. Otherwise, when you squeeze it, when you press it, what comes out should be a clear, light brownish colour. Right. If it's got green in it, it means you're losing the curve. Okay, so that way that comes through yeah. should be light brown. It should brown. be a clear, light brown. Yeah. If it's dull, then you're losing and you need a finer cloth. Okay. Um, so, yeah, ideally... You need a little press of some sort. Um, and you need to press gently to begin with. Mm -hmm. If you press too hard, you'll... Um, well, if, you've got, if you're doing enough, you'll get what's called blinding. The, the cloth will 
will blind the fibers and it, it then becomes very difficult to actually get enough of the way out of the curd. So gentle pressing but then becoming harder and harder. I actually press for, um, for a considerable period of time, like eight hours or so. Yeah. Um, depends on the quantities that you're doing. If you're only doing a very small amount, well, it won't take you more than an hour, so. Yeah. And what kind could, what kind of press, like a, I mean, I know, I know you use a car jack strapped up to your kind of Heath Robinson. Heath Robinson? It's <laughs> <laughs> a very carefully designed machine. <laughs> that was said in, you know, a lot of love for what you do, Michael. Thank <laughs> you. It's meant to be a compliment. <laughs> we, we started off with a pair of um, boards, grooved, and we would add concrete blocks on top, or maybe one wheel of the tractor. Um, then we built a lever press, with um, so a great long heavy lever um, and so the boards at one end. There's lots of ways of yeah. pressing. Yeah, you do the best you can. You just you do know. bricks on boards bricks if on you're boards. at home. You should end up with a a curd that crumbles and doesn't smear. Right. Okay, if it smears, it means it's really not pressed well enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, for people who who um, don't want to, to kind of go through the process of, of making their own, because, um, it, I mean, it's a, it's a fun project to do. Yeah. But if you're wanting, say, leafy on a regular basis, say, to put into your smoothies... You actually sell it, so you don't actually sell the curd itself anymore, do you? Well, right? I dry it. I dry, dry it. I put it okay. through a further drying process, um, so that it comes out as a, as a green, uh, a coarse green powder. I actually recommend regrinding at the last moment uh, in a little spice grinder. Yeah, like a pepper so grinder. That, that sort of opens it up. Um, at, at, at the last moment, the, the more you grind a food, the, 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 the more you grind a food, the more um, you, you open it to losing nutritional value. So, I tend not to grind it as fine as possible. Yeah. But to, I, I to leave that. To, to you to do at the last moment right so where can where can people get Lifu from because you seem to be the only kind of person you have to go to my website ah mm. you have one <laughs> 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 which is called what which is called leafcycle.co.uk I've put a link under this podcast on the webpage linking to your site thank you um, and kind of various bits and bobs about the whole leaf protein thing because it is it is something that needs to have far more awareness in this country um, and particularly for people who who are very conscious of their their health and nutritional intake um, 
basically this is a home homegrown literally product and yeah I have my vegan friends when I've given it to them just go nuts on it actually I have to say and that's not saying that Leafy is just for vegans in any shape or form it it's for everybody and mm, mm. and uh, something that I use in my smoothies so it is yeah fascinating product and something that um, if you if, like I say if you don't want to do it in in your kitchen uh, which I would advise you at least try and give it a go so you get a bit of a more hands-on approach to it but it can be a bit of a palaver if you're wanting it on a daily basis so Michael's the, the source to come and get it from it is a potential palaver um, the more you gear up for it the easier it becomes yeah um, but the idea of being able to go out and weed your flower bed uh, even mow your lawn and make food really? you can use grass it's um, different species of grass taste different some species taste better than others so it does depend on the on the what species you've got cogsfoot for example tastes horrible yeah ryegrass uh, tastes all right not the best mm -hmm. I, you know it's kind of grassy <laughs> yeah <laughs> as you'd expect but talking about leaf food or leaf protein as a food source what why 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 what is this um with hunger malnutrition food security being issues at the moment what's talk a little bit more about leafu and okay. the kind of ethics and um, sustainability and all these kind of funky things well um essentially animal making food from animals is fairly inefficient uh if you take a hectare of land and graze sheep on it you get about 80 kilos of um, food of protein right if you make leaf curd from it you get over a thousand wow okay so it's hugely more efficient in terms of land area it's the most efficient way of producing protein from the land Wow. That there is so that in itself is a reason for doing it um, and the fact that you're not involving animals uh, to my mind is a, uh, is a is a is a reason in itself yeah the fact you know organic production is even more dependent on animals than conventional production. So if we're thinking about um, increasing the, the amount we grow organically, essentially it, it means that we're going to increase our use of animals. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, animal uh, organic production is, is very dependent on on animals, vegetable growing and all that as well. Yeah. Okay. Not everybody, but a, a large proportion of vegetable growers 
of arable, organic arable land is very dependent on manure from animals. Okay. Um, it used to, I don't know if it still is, but it used to be that you couldn't really get the organic symbol, the soil association symbol, unless you had a balance of animals. Okay. Um, which, from the point of view that people are tending to move away from animal products for whatever, for, for health reasons or for ethical reasons or whatever, there is a move away from that. Um, it doesn't make sense that we should have a system that is even more, that needs animals even more. So, to my mind, we need to develop systems of production that don't require animals. Yeah. So that's, um, that's a, a, another major reason for getting your protein directly from leaves. I think if I remember, because I haven't been here for a few years, um, last we were talking, we were, or you were, kind of putting feelers out for anyone with engineering skills to be able to downsize the equipment you've got in your sheds to make um, like a home version of all the... Yeah. Is that correct? Well, yes. I mean, there, there is... We still don't have decent equipment um, for making leafy on any sort of a scale other than, you know, there is... As we talked about, um, very small kitchen-sized equipment uh, nowadays producing leaves. Yeah. But really, we need bigger and better equipment, and there is nothing on the market um, that's above kitchen size. So, yeah. Anyone with, it, anyone with engineering skills or design skills that can hear this podcast, contact Michael because he's been looking for someone for quite a few years. And I think, personally, I think it's the kind of project that would be really good for a kind of university student to sink their teeth into. Yeah. It'd be really good. Postgrad. Cool. Yeah. Particularly. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of subjects which people could get into. For example, uh, one day I can see a, um, a green cheese being made um, from by, um, by culturing the leafu. One should be able to add particularly vitamin B12, yeah. um, which would then make it even more complete than it is now. Yeah. Um, and make it keep. Yeah. Because at the moment, fresh leafu doesn't last for any longer than a week. Okay. You know, it's only by drying it or freezing it that it, it'll last. Yeah. Which is why I dry it. But um, fresh, whereas if it was made into a cheese, in theory, it should keep, what, for as long as cabbage cheese. Yeah, great. Um, but... Yeah, there's many subjects like that that could be undertaken. Yeah. So if anyone's got any inclination to follow that up, then just contact Michael through his website. 
Yeah, that would be great. Sure. Okay. Well, it's great to find your return here, Michael. Thank you. It's very good to see you, Robin. Yeah. And we'll, um, we'll see you next year at the Green Path Gathering when you're going to be hopefully talking about Leifa and showing people the process.